the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. During every liturgical cycle for the first Sunday in Advent, a particular gospel reading enters the sacred space at a Mass with the intention to provoke the church militant to respond to the call of being attentive to the one necessary thing. For the year B of the Sunday cycle, that gospel passage comes from Mark chapter 13 verses 33 through 37, saying, Jesus says to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when a time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves his home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Although this is one of the shortest parables in sacred scripture, Christ Jesus employs it here to emphasize a recurring teaching of his. Notice in the parable how there is one class of people who the Lord of the house places in charge. While each servant of his house has their own assigned duty, only one of them is charged with being a gatekeeper. It is his duty alone to keep watch at all times and at all hours, both inside and outside of the master's home. Jesus' parable calls in memory a similar warning from the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 33 verses 1 through 9, saying, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and tell them, When I bring the sword against a land, if the people of that land select one of their number as a sentinel for them, and the sentinel sees a sword coming against the land, he should blow the trumpet to warn the people. If they hear the trumpet, but do not take the warning, and the sword attacks and kills them, their blood will be on their own heads. They heard the trumpet blast, but ignored the warning. Their blood is on them. If they had heeded the warning, they could have escaped with their lives. If, however, the sentinel sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the sword attacks and takes someone's life, his life will be taken of his own sin, but I will hold the sentinel responsible for his blood. You son of men, I have appointed you as a sentinel for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, you must warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked must die, and you do not speak up and warn the wicked about their ways, they shall die in their sins, but I will hold you responsible for their blood. If, however, you warn the wicked to turn from their ways, but they do not turn, then they shall die in their sins, but you have saved your life. What Jesus seems to be doing here is broadening out that familiar call. And he does it in a way that is familiar to his tone in Matthew, in which he often tells the Pharisees, You have heard it said, but now I say to you. In the instant case, Jesus is telling his disciples that they have heard it said that there ought to be just one person in the community who is charged of staying alert at all times and keeping watch for danger and for their Lord's return. But now I say to all, watch. The emphasis here is on all. We are now all called to be the appointed gatekeeper 
and sentinel and to sound a warning trumpet. There are three reasons why we fail at being watchful and alert. The idea of staying vigilant in spiritual alertness and watchfulness are things in principle that I believe most Christians assent to. I think most Christians would agree that being attentive to the coming of Christ into our lives, being responsive to where the Holy Spirit is leading us, and being vigilant in prayer, praying unceasingly, are our essential duties in our walk along the narrow way to Mount Calvary. The primordial human problem is that our knowledge does not always consistently translate into positively related action. In regard to our call to keep watch and to be on guard, that is, for ourselves and for our community, against those things that might harm the house of the Lord, that is, ourselves and the church, there are three reasons why we tend to fail to do so consistently. The first reason is that we love Jesus less than we ought. We don't take Jesus seriously enough to always keep our eyes fixated on his coming into our lives. For example, when through grace, through the sacred scriptures, prayer, other people, the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist, we don't take Jesus seriously enough. Because sometimes we place other things before him. We sometimes fail at the very first commandment to reject all false gods. We, we fall victim to this tendency because we're not always strong enough in faith. For if our faith were truly alive, we would not only truly fear hell, but we would consistently do only those things to please him who is deserving of all our love. The second reason is that we become spiritually complacent. Sometimes we refuse to be critical of our relationship with God and with his community. We stop looking for how the Holy Spirit is working in us to improve our walk in Christ. We begin to immerse ourselves more into the comforts of the world than into the uncomfortability of carrying our cross. We forget sometimes that we are just pilgrims on this planet. We somehow start believing that we have a place at the table. We forget that Satan is already seated at the head of that table. We become so comfortable in the world that we are no longer persecuted by it. The final reason we tend to fail to consistently be watchful and alert is that we become presumptuous. It is definitely true that God's mercy is fathomless, but let us not grow comfortable in presuming that His mercy and forgiveness and grace are some entitlement program. We fail at being vigilant and on guard over our community as we ought because we think that someone else will guard it from approaching danger in the church. How's that working out? We say, God has always shown me favor in the past. I would just arrogantly presume that he always will. I believe that if we presume nothing, it opens the door for Jesus to give us all things. Advent is an awesome time to revisit how it is that we can become more consistent in responding to this essential call of Jesus Christ. I hope you consider these three dangers this season. I certainly will be. And I hope that you turn to the liturgy of the Mass as a roadmap of how we ought to keep watch during the day. Model your day on the liturgy. Begin it with the sign of the cross and continue to offer your confessions to the Lord. Do not read but listen to the scriptures. Make yourself a sacrificial offering to the Lord. 
receive your daily bread and be that daily bread for those who hunger. And I offer you this prayer for Advent. Jesus, I await your coming. Your coming into my heart, into my life, into my family, into my job, into my finances, into my waking, my resting, and my sleeping. Into all my comings and all my goings. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. All that I have is yours. Remove from my life what grieves you. Heal in my life what pains you. And bless in my life what glorifies your holy name. Come, Jesus. Amen. This is just one way how the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info for more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.